What's going on, family? Happy Monday, and welcome to another episode of The Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner. Hope you guys are doing well and uh, safe and sound from all things Corona and the like. Hope you guys are making the best use of your time being quarantined, whether you are working from home, whether you're in one of those cities or states that involve lockdowns, or perhaps if you're kind of free to roam about, hope you're doing that responsibly, listening to everything connected to the CDC, and of course, listening to everything connected to us here at the faction thank you guys so much for your continued support of all that we do it is absolutely appreciated for sure want to make sure you're following us on social media facebook instagram and twitter at the faction show also be sure to download and subscribe to our podcast available right here wherever it is that you get your podcast so With that said, let's dig right into today's episode as there's a lot to talk about. I want to start with uh, this whole conversation surrounding the series from Vice or Viceland. It's called Dark Side of the Ring. Now, it's set to fully debut tomorrow, this coming Tuesday. But in so doing, over the weekend, they gave us a bit of a sneak peek as they released part one of a two-part episode surrounding Chris Benoit. Now, part two will air, of course, this coming Tuesday, Um, but what they did was they gave us a sneak peek on their YouTube channel and on the Vice mobile app, and OMG. Now, I'll try not to give too much away, but I will say one of the things that the Dark Side of the Ring series has done so well is tell a compelling story. And there have been so many rumors swirling around Chris Benoit, this death, the source of it, what was going through his mind. After all, how can you kill your family? Like, why would you do that? And so we really got some insight into who Chris Benoit the person was. Of course, he's been demonized for this. His wrestling career has tried to be pretty much espunged from WWE. As you'll notice, there's no mention of him. There's no promotion of him. Here's a guy who main evented WrestleMania 20. And of course, who who can forget the iconic shot of him and Eddie Guerrero both standing in the ring as the WWE and the World Heavyweight Champion as the closing shot of WrestleMania. I will tell you this, I think we really got some insight into what changed with Chris Benoit, into what happened with him, and I'll just say this, you would be surprised to see just how grief really impacts a person. So go and check it out, I don't wanna give it all away, um, but I do know on Wednesday's show, uh, the guys will be with me and we'll talk extensively about both part one and part two. Part one is available right now on Vice's YouTube page. It's also available on the Vice app, and we have a link to it on our Facebook page, so you can definitely go ahead and check that out. But leave us your comments. Let me know what you're thinking about uh, this whole Chris Benoit series, because it was very, very powerful, the story on uh, Dark Side of the Ring. We may have come close to shedding a tear or two. It's very, very powerful. So go back and check that out. As we mentioned, of course, Chris Benoit was a big part of WrestleMania 20. We are in WrestleMania season. As strange as it may feel around us, this is WrestleMania season. And so 
this past Friday on SmackDown, uh, we got an opportunity to get some somewhat of a degree of insight into some additional things happening at WrestleMania. We know for sure that Rob Gronkowski, of, formerly of the New England Patriots, will serve as the host of WrestleMania. Now, personally, I don't know why you need a host for WrestleMania when there's no audience, but that's another story. And so uh, he was supposed to give us some insight in terms of what the multiple locations and the like would be, but we did not get that. Let me tell you what did happen, though. What did happen is SmackDown's ratings actually increased from last week to this week. Last week's show had 2.47 million viewers. Meanwhile, this week's show had 2.56 million viewers. So SmackDown is figuring out a way to increase their ratings. Certainly the WrestleMania bump probably helped as well as just questions in terms of would they learn anything from uh, the the AEW presentation, et cetera, et cetera. But they pulled it off. And one of the things that I thought made a whole lot of sense was showing the uh, WrestleMania 30 match that took place between John Cena and Bray Wyatt. Going back to that match, you can see just how hot the Fiend, well, he wasn't the Fiend then, but Bray Wyatt was. He was super hot. And again, it seems crazy that he did not go over John Cena back then. He had an amazing entrance, an amazing presence. And let me tell you, being there live, you can see all of the folks who were singing he's got the whole world in his hands. But let me tell you what you did not see on TV. When we were walking through the streets of New Orleans following WrestleMania, just tons of people in unison through the streets of New Orleans singing he's got the whole world in his hands, which is kind of a posit now that Tyler Perry has a challenge about it. And it made me think we need to add Bray Wyatt's presentation from WrestleMania 30 on there. But be that as it may, Bray Wyatt was super hot six years ago at WrestleMania 30. You could argue he's hotter now than he was then. What will happen? And I think, again, the challenge of doing this in the empty arena is the fiend Bray Wyatt does not get his just desserts. He deserves, after six years, to be able to hear an arena or a stadium filled with 80,000 fans chanting for him as they have done in all of the events prior to leading up to WrestleMania. So I kind of hate that that's being robbed of him. Um, but be that as it may, it's the plan for WrestleMania. It will likely happen unless, and I'll tell you the only thing that I think is going to put the brakes on WrestleMania, if someone in the land of WWE tests positive for the coronavirus, they're going to have to shut this thing down. We've seen it happen, not just in every other sport, but in a lot of other scenarios as well. And one of the things that is a little daunting right now is, of course, the amount of positive test results that we have seen come from COVID-19 have continued to rise here in the United States. And so it's not an impossibility. I'm not speaking that on WWE, but it's something we're going to have to look forward to 
uh, and really watch out for as we're moving towards WrestleMania 36. Remember, it'll take place two nights, April the 4th and 5th, on the WWE Network from the WWE Performance Center and apparently other locations which have yet to be disclosed. Now, one of the cool things, speaking of WrestleMania, that took place is this past Sunday, speaking of WrestleMania 30, ESPN premiered the encore of WrestleMania 30 in its entirety on ESPN. Huge WrestleMania, one of the best WrestleManias of all time, in my personal opinion. And uh, you got a chance to see just the pageantry and everything connected to it. Will this work to promote WrestleMania uh, April 4th and 5th? I don't know, because again, you'll see it's hard to get that same feeling uh, when you had 75,000 screaming fans versus zero. So we'll see how that works out. But speaking of WrestleMania, because it is WrestleMania season, I thought before we'd go, we'd do a little bit of history. Because on this day in 1997, uh, we were presented with WrestleMania 13. Now, I've got some interesting history facts for you. For one, it took place in Chicago, Illinois, at the Rosemont Horizon, that would serve to be one of three WrestleManias that would be held in that very building. WrestleMania. WrestleMania 2, of course, took place at the Rosemont Horizon, and WrestleMania 22, which took place at the Allstate Arena, which was formerly the Rosemont Horizon. So a lot of history connected to WrestleMania and Chicago. Chicago was one of only a handful of cities to host WrestleMania multiple times. And when you start talking about three times, you're getting into some really special territory. You have to go back to L.A., uh, the L.A. Hollywood area, which can really kind of boast four, perhaps even five. I mean, you got to go back to WrestleMania 2, WrestleMania 7, um, WrestleMania 12. Then you talk WrestleMania 21. And then now upcoming is WrestleMania 37. That's five times. That, ooh, you could argue that's kind of more than New York because New York had WrestleMania 1. It's the birthplace for WrestleMania. You had WrestleMania 10. WrestleMania 20, 29, and 35. So New York is sitting at five. Um, this would tie New York uh, next year for five. Pretty big situation. Also interesting, Let's. I want to go over this particular card because it is the only WrestleMania to be held on a March the 23rd. Now, we know this two to three week period of WrestleMania season, we've seen a lot of WrestleManias in April, the first, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, a number, of course, in March, but none other than WrestleMania 13 came on March the 23rd. Now, this also held a very interesting scenario because one of the things that we've seen relative to WrestleMania is a lot of emphasis on the main event going into WrestleMania. Coming out of WrestleMania, history has not always proven kind that the main event is the match that people end up talking about. Sure, it held true for WrestleMania 1, but if you look at WrestleMania 3, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, an iconic match, drew the people, but the match that stole the show was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Randy Savage. WrestleMania 4 technically didn't have a main event, an advertised one, because the main event would be the result of the big WWE Championship tournament that happened there. Uh, of course, WrestleMania's 5 and 6 kind of held strong to 
the whole main event idea when you're talking about Hogan and Savage versus Hogan and Warrior. I really could go through all the history as you guys probably know. But what I will focus on is here at WrestleMania 13 because the main event was for the WWE Championship. It was a no disqualification match between the champion Psycho Sid and The Undertaker. But for this eight match card, which is one of the shorter cards in WrestleMania, really everybody talked about the submission match between Bret the Hitman Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's one of the moments that really made Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was pre-King of the Ring, pre-Austin 316, but it's really one of those defining moments that we look at from WrestleMania that made Stone Cold Steve Austin. In fact, it's one of the very few matches from WWE that Dave Meltzer gave a five-star rating. It was named Match of the Year uh, from his publication, the Wrestling Observer publication, and Pro Wrestling Illustrated also named it the Match of the Year for 1997. Some additional history on this. This was the WrestleMania debut of The Rock. Rocky Maivia defended the Intercontinental Championship at that WrestleMania against the Sultan, who would later be known as Rikishi. And we know the connection between The Rock and Rikishi. Rikishi blamed The Rock for why he actually hit Stone Cold Steve Austin or orchestrated that hit uh, on Stone Cold Steve Austin that kept him out for about a year. Pretty impressive stuff that we see there. Other matches included a tag team title match that saw Owen Hart and the British Bulldog uh, take on Mankind Invader, and it ended in a double countout. We also saw Billy Gunn take on Flash Funk. And uh, Triple H, who uh, wrestled at WrestleMania at that point for his second WrestleMania, defeated Goldust. Yeah, so that was WrestleMania 13. Not necessarily one of the most memorable, but it did happen this day in 1997. The only mania to take place on March the 23rd. And of course, the iconic moment coming out of there is the submission match between Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. I should also mention that there was a six-man tag that night that saw Ahmed Johnson and the Legion of Doom take on the Nation of Domination, which included Crush, Farouk, and Savio Vega. So that's a bit of your wrestling history for today, March the 23rd. I want to know, uh, what was your favorite moment from WrestleMania 13 and perhaps even your favorite WrestleMania? There have been some amazing moments that have happened, but bell to bell, what serves as your favorite WrestleMania? Let us know via social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast and share it with a friend. And join us next time as we continue to talk about the wonderful world of pro wrestling and its impact, representing for my good brothers Courtney and Brandon Clack. It's your man GB, Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. <laughs>